welcome to a new episode of the SAP Experts podcast. My name is Timo Deiner and I'm an innovation manager at the office of the CTO of SAP Germany. What are you thinking about when you hear the words SAP and startups? Is it David versus Goliath? Nokia versus Apple? And who has the role of Nokia in this comparison? Or is it a perfect match? Startups have a great, mostly purpose-driven idea to make the world better and SAP's mission is to help the world run better. Does an early-stage startup need SAP S4HANA to reach its next level? We think yes. And we have a dedicated team at SAP which helps startups, so-called hypergrowth startups, to boost their company together with SAP. My today's guest is Jan Gutknecht. He's co-founder of the SAP Hypergrowth Engagement and we are talking about four pillars on startup engagements. Language, speed, challenges and culture. So enjoy this episode. So Jan, welcome. And when we talk about SAP and startups, and I think for some people, it's hard to imagine that SAP and startups work together because many people, from my point of view, imagine that or believe that SAP is um, bound to big corporates, to big companies. And it's even hard to imagine that SAP also works in small and mid-sized companies and so on. And sometimes it's even harder than to imagine that startups need SAP software. But when you Google for SAP and startups, you will find lots of hits on Google towards yeah the SAP and, and startup engagement. So we have SAP IO on the, on the one hand, where, where we more focus on relationship building, that the startups can integrate their products into our SAP landscapes, and we support them with uh, go-to-market activities, for example. We will have, or we have um, Sapphire Ventures, which is more our investment arm. We have some internal startup programs and the startup ambassador program. And we have something where you are working in, and there is not the name startup inside, but it's the hypergrowth engagement. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about your role and about the team around about these hypergrowth engagements, please? Yes. Hi, Timo. Thanks for having me. Um, Yes, the hypergrowth engagement. Um, our team is really working on uh, support uh, high potential startups to really um, support them with our technology. So whatever they aim for, their vision, um, we try to figure out which solutions can really support them to achieve their vision. That's a pretty simple, uh, in a few sentences, um, our our main goal. And how many people are doing this in, in Germany? It's for especially talking for Germany? Yeah, so in, in Germany, we are a, a small team of uh, specialized people of five people dedicated to the high potential startup environment and um, really working in this area to really cooperate with these kind of high, of high potential startups together. Okay. And maybe the first question is, how do we identify When is a startup a high potential startup who is evaluating or who is giving them this, the stamp, hey, you are a high potential startup and how do you qualify them or are they coming to us and we say, okay, 
now you are high potential or how is it going? How are you qualifying your startups? Uh, honestly, that's a very good question. We challenged ourselves uh, a very long time um, how to identify them because in the end, um, there are a lot of startups out there and uh, all these startups have uh, one thing in common. They, they want to change our world uh, to the better. Um, and um, when we scout startups on the market, we uh, really invest a lot of time, uh, really like a VC and um, what is their goal, what's their vision, what they want to, to achieve, um, what is their setup, um, which are the founders, who are the founders, um, what they really want to achieve. And, and then we have some, some key figures we define for us as a team that we say, um, these are some indicators um, if they really met them, um, then they could be for us a, a really um, a startup to cooperate with. So generally speaking for us, it's uh, on the one side, um, it's of course a platform business model because once they invested really a lot in their platform business model, then they really um, prepare and then they go in this hyper growth uh, curve on the one side. And on the other side, um, we are looking for startups with a disrupting technology so that they really have the potential to uh, turn an existing market upside down and really make an impact in our world okay so um i guess it's it it's when when we listen to your sentence so the startups are no sap customers so they are for us we call them net new name customers right so there there is no established sales process so you scout the startups you go to them and um as i understood there is then a completely different engagement model when you are working together with the startups because you don't have the typical established sales cycle like we are used to have in, in SAP or our customers are used to have that there is a sales guy and pre-sales guy and you exactly know what you what you have to to show them, which demo, which system, which RFI, RFP, etc. So you are completely engaging in, diff, in, a, in a different way. So what happens next when you scout at them? So you are reaching out to them and then you say, hey, you guys need SAP or <laughs> how can we imagine that? <laughs> yeah, that would be, of course, the, the pretty simple way <laughs> yes of course i mean uh, we are we're coming uh, from sales uh, honestly speaking so uh, our our purpose is really to uh, to become a new as a that we so that the startups become sap customer and really uh, build their success on sap technology um, that's really uh, key for us but when we go into a into a sales cycle with these startups maybe it's it's already like that or, or we change it a little bit but in the end when you normally start into a sales approach it's uh, you always want to show how good you are right so Absolutely. how excellent our technology is and um, that's how we uh, train sometimes so in in each sales job right so i did a different sales job also before um what we now do when we're talking mostly to founders we listen we really say less, we listen to them because we really want to understand. So again, what's their vision? Mm -hmm. Why they founded this, this company and what they want to achieve? Uh, what's their motivation behind, right? And on the, this is uh, on the one side, but on the other side, of course, what are the current challenges as of today? What they see as the challenges in the near future and also beyond. 
But this is, of course, sometimes different. It depends on uh, on the stage they are and we're talking. So we have, um, of course, startups we are talking to when they just recently founded their company and they are just the founders. Uh, sometimes we talk to them when they're already uh, roughly 100 employees, for example, or sometimes they're uh, in front of a unicorn statues and uh, they have more or less really established processes. They are very mature and so on. So it dif uh, differentiates a little bit, but in common it is we really listen and want to understand the overall strategy. I mean, in this case, we're acting a little bit uh, in that stage of the engagement, also like a, a consultancy, mm. uh, as we really want to um, accompany them on the very long run. Uh, especially, as I think, especially when, when you are... Um get in touch or when you get in touch with startups in a very early stage where you only have the founders they i think they they are good in in their vision and they have ideas and very good knowledge around their product when they are producing something or uh, things like that but i could imagine that they have some yeah lack of business process knowledge and about hey what could be the next step because when it's especially when it's their first startup um Maybe they need more yeah, consultancy, like you said. And um, so in that stage, we are more a partner than just selling SAP software because sometimes I think we, sh we should explain them why they need an SAP S4HANA system and um, show them a vision where they can be when they trust on a good digital core, what they can also additionally do with their business model and so on, right? Timo, you're totally right. Um, and we are in, honestly speaking, in, in each process, we hope and we think we are there, the kind of advisors. And, um, it depends, of course, in which stage they are. But I mean, we as SAP, we have a proven history, right? Also our customers. So the power of, of SAP, of the whole organization is huge, right? And we have so much knowledge within our company on, on so many levels and, uh, We try to really use all this knowledge and then um, put it down on the level the startup is at the moment, right? So, of course, as you said, when they just found it and just the founders are, then they need um, a different level of advice um, than compared to companies. They already have uh, some hundreds uh, of employees, right? Mm -hmm. So we try to, to really focus on the customer, on their situation. And of course, like always, as usual, uh, customer first is really not only a word, it's really what we what we really live. That's good. So um, especially, yeah, customer first. And um, let me, how do we ask that in, uh, in a good point? So you said you are a sales guy, Jan. Yes, <laughs> let, let, let definitely. Let me challenge that. So I assume you will have a... a defined quota you, you have to make in, a, in the year to get your money then at the end of the year. Um, but especially when we are talking on early stage startups and we are talking on opportunity sizes and so on, um, is the assumption right that especially startups are already in that cloud mindset that they think, okay, we are at stage whatever at the beginning or so from our journey and um, we want to have a a small sap system and you are also showing them how to grow and you are already living that yeah land and expand or seed and grow approach is, is that true or do you also have the, the big ticket so 
more or less internally spoken. <laughs> May I first say that sales is really a great job. Of and, course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's all about uh, that you sell the right products, the right technology to your, to your customers, because um, we want to sell the products that really support them. I mean, that's key, right? And of course, we all want to achieve our goals. And so our prospects want to achieve our goals. We as organization and um, our team individually want to achieve their goals. But how great it is if we all in common can achieve our goals together, right? And I mean, that's, that's our motivation to really um, make this become true. And um, if we think about... Um, um, what they really need or what they ask for. I mean, this is, this is beautiful is uh, cloud is no question anymore in terms of they, they have grown up with cloud, right? With the internet. The startups, so, the startups yes, have grown yes, up. Yes, the okay. startups, right? The startups, so yeah. um, on-premise um, is, is not in their mindset, right? Um, and even um, we need to differentiate when we're talking about to a small and medium-sized uh, companies, which I did before. And of course, I also really love these kind of companies. And uh, my total respect to everyone um, who's, uh, who founded a company or who is managing an existing company because uh, you are responsible for, for yourself, for the business, and also for your employees. Yeah? So uh, fully respect yeah. um, for all of this. Um, but in the end, so the, the existing companies, they have a mixed landscape. So when we talked in the past uh, in my former job to existing small and medium-sized companies, you're talking more about a brownfield approach, right? So they have processes, existing ones, mm -hmm. and they have systems. And then you try to figure out how can you match the existing ones with the new one, right? Um, what we do in the startup engagement so the hyper growth, growth engagement is um, mostly they do not have systems in place. So this means for us, we have a greenfield approach. And here comes the power of SAP, right? So what do they have, these startups in common, mostly? Um, they are, they, mostly they're coming out of the university or they are um, pretty young. And this means in terms of... Um, the experience of uh, corporate experience, a corporate experience with uh, corporate structures, which uh, sometimes we said, oh, corporate structures, um, this makes us slowly. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's sometimes we, everyone uh, who works in a corporate uh, environment, sometimes, says, oh, it's, sometimes it's difficult. But on the other side, the structure is pretty important because it supports you, right, to grow on the one side, to be stable. And even if a strong wind comes, uh, pops up, yeah, you'll still be stable. And um, this is something we can learn from, from huge or bigger organizations. And um, this is also a little bit uh, uh, next to the technology, the power of SAP we, we bring to the startups because they have no existing processes. Right. So we bring our SAP best practices in this engagements um, together with our technology. And um, this is also what we uh, talked about in the beginning. So it's a mixture of uh, on the one side sales in terms of our technology, our products on the mm -hmm. one side. But on the other side, also, the second part is the consultancy. And this is really so how can we support you next with our technology also to, to structure your company, so your corporate processes, because 
from our point of view, it's very important at the most earliest stage possible to really implement very strong processes and a very strong fundament of, of technology. Because at that time, you, you never have time. I think we all agree, or we think always, <laughs> we never have time. But um, the point is, build the technology and the platform first, together with your product. Once the product is ready, your job as a startup is to go into the market and to really sell. Sell, sell, sell. Pretty simple. And at that time, your focus is changing from the product. It doesn't matter if it's a platform, if it's a, a physical product. Yep. But your mindset and your focus change from developing, uh, building up your company, building up your product to really sell it and bring it in the market. And once you reach that step, all the, the work should be done in the background, right? And this is exactly uh, why we were uh, engaged at the most early stage possible with the hypergrowth companies um, to really build together this fundament. And then once they are um, in the market or want to enter the market, um, they can fully focus on that. Mm -hmm. um, looking on, especially that thing, um, yeah, build your platform first and then um, use the product and then sell, sell, sell. And we agreed in, in the beginning or before we started the recording of the podcast that we are not telling um, customer names and so on. But um, do you have or... Did it happen to you in the past that some startup said, no, we we just focus on our product and we ignore the stable backend, we ignore the business processes? And um, if yes, um, are they still successful? Are they still on the market? Or is it also a pattern that if you do not focus on your on your business backend system and on the business processes, that you will automatically fail because let's say Excel is not an option as a CRM or as a business business ERP system? Let's say there are, of course, companies, they are focusing on the product and uh, they say, no, we don't want to focus at that stage on internal processes. And uh, personally, I think understandable from their point of view. Absolutely. Sometimes, because I mean, you have a limited amount of time and you have a limited amount of budget, yeah. right? And um, you always need to think twice uh, where to spend time and budget, right? And as I said in the beginning, fully respect for everyone who's founding a company, right? I mean, what a huge task, what a huge chance, what a huge opportunity, but also responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, therefore, it's a very sensitive topic, right? Um in our experience, um, it depends on the situation they are uh, in with their company, right? Um, we had one startup. Um, they uh, developed a kind of a, uh, of a, of a product. And we, we talk, start talking to them when they were roughly three founders. Okay. And I said... Very small <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> not a full hand of employees, right? So, and they said right in the beginning, so we need to say they, are, uh, they were pretty mature, so uh, experienced gentlemen. Mm -hmm. And they said, um, if we want to do something, we want to do it right, right in the beginning. And they had a clear plan of uh, when they want to achieve uh, which milestones. And they said right from the beginning, 
we want to set on a strong foundation and uh, we want to go with SAP in, in many dimensions. So this, it was not only ERP. Um, and they, they said this is, this is uh, one of the key success factors, right? And uh, after roughly uh, half a year, they have grown up to 50 employees uh, and so on, right? So we have these kind of examples mm -hmm. that really start with a few employees um, on, on SAP solutions and also other companies we were in touch a pretty long time yeah and they said yes we know we need something yeah and uh, we want to talk also to you yeah but as of today and the next couple of months it's not the right timing and that's i mean that's totally fine and after two years we started uh, we never lost the contact together we always uh, had a little bit of a relationship and uh, sometimes Uh, updated um, ourselves and then uh, two years later we said okay together now this is the right time um, we need to start to implement um, the systems right mm -hmm. so it depends as usual always on the on the situation right but again i mean <laughs> we need to say additionally it's Depending on time and budget, as we said, I mean, there, there are a lot of people outside. They, they all, they, they know this, absolutely. But they, they do not have the amount to really invest the money at that moment into this level. I mean, mm -hmm. if we live in an ideal, perfect startup environment, right? We wouldn't have this conversation because everyone would uh, grab a book outside or whatever they learned in the university as an exact plan. And the, the plan stands A, B, C. Okay, I follow the plan. But that would be too easy. <laughs> of course, and we wouldn't have a, a job. Or <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Jan, you you mentioned before that um, yeah, you are listening to the customers. I think this is also something we should all do. Everyone should do that in sales or in a pre-sales role. Listen to your customer, or also our customers should should listen to their customers what they are really in need of and which problems they are solving. But um, listening is only. Um, one side um, the other th uh, the other side is um, also talking the language um, of the customer and understanding their yeah environment and their needs and um, yeah I, I think when you are used to go as a pre-sales person for example into the big corporates which are existing for many many years and they have the established processes you are automatically talking a different language so um, talking on your sales cycle are you also using then the classical SAP pre-sales teams or do you have also yeah people pre-sales people in your team which are more, more focused on the technology underneath and on the deep dives which are um, especially talking let's let's call it the startup or hyper growth language how are you doing this so the beauty he here is that we we have a dedicated team for this environment right so this means that we have this um one tandem to the customer this is how we call it so we're always acting uh, together as a, with a specialized sales and with a business architect right mm -hmm. so this is a very trustful combination they can rely on each other because in this environment we all know speed matters right so in in every aspect and and therefore we go with the setup always in the into the engagements with the high potential startups right and i mean also here the beauty of, of sap is we have a huge organization a lot of knowledge and uh, we also whenever we uh, need specialized colleagues right because you can't know everything yeah right? 
I mean, that's normal. Um, but yes, we have uh, excellent colleagues. And um, then, of course, they support um, to dedicated uh, topics, right? Yeah. But in general, we act as a tandem, right? Uh, with the power of the whole SAP environment and, and company in the background. But uh, for, for each engagement with the customer, we have a tandem, which is really focusing on, on this engagement and starting really from, from there. And of course, speaking the language. I mean, this is, it's, mm. um, it's, uh, it's different. I mean, each environment has its own language, right? So the small, the medium sized enterprises, they have their language because it's, it's grown in this environment. And, um, so language, of course, is pretty important on, on the one side. Um, but of course, also the, the speed, right? Um, because as you said, also the, the uh, so-called lovely German Mittelstand, yeah, um, they are, they are structured companies, right? Yep. So they structured processes and um, things on, on their side uh, need sometimes a little bit longer because they're a grown organization. Yeah. Right. And um, these startups, they are no grown organization because what we always need uh, to keep in mind is um, when we're talking about the German Mittelstand is they built their companies about decades or generations of families, right? So everything they built up, it was in a, in a different uh, time frame, time frame. <laughs> Sometimes I miss some words. And what, what the, the ladies and the gentlemen in the startup environment are doing, they try to build the same, but in a very short time. Yeah. So, a maximum of five years uh, and after five years roughly um, they need to have the same processes right so in a very short of, uh, amount of time they need to build up processes uh, they need to build their products or services i mean they need to ramp up their employees right and um, educate them keep them motivated so a lot a huge amount of tasks establish and a culture just to add that yes. yeah Yes, of course, pretty important. So a huge responsibility um, and also manage uh, the venture capitals, right? Yeah. So, I mean, um, that's a huge res responsibility and that in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, so I would like to add one thing. So you said, or we said um, it's, it's the language and... Uh, The other thing I forgot, sorry for that. Speed. <laughs> speed, absolutely. So I listen to you, but um, as always, it's language and speed. And it's, uh, for, from my point of view, it's also the challenge because um, startups have different challenges like the German Mittelstand or the, the, the big corporates then. And I think this is also good to, to have in mind that a startup has a different challenge like managing venture capital and, and stuff like that. And this is something what a big corporate doesn't have because they have the established uh, established um, processes and so on. So from my point of view, it's uh, speed, it's language and the challenges. And that makes you so successful as, as a hyper growth uh, team. Yeah. We um, could also add culture. Yeah. You culture. Said yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's take the four pillars. And um, now having these four pillars in mind, and there is something which is um, already established from my point of view, or as as I see that in many companies now, it's it's called the reverse uh, reverse mentoring. So um, for those listeners who don't know what reverse mentoring is, is it's um, a very nice idea that you take uh, two people. 
um, experienced people or let's say older employees or whatever, um, they have uh, very good knowledge in how to make sales, how to how to yeah behave in a company and so on. And you take young talents coming from university and so on, and maybe they are better in the cloud mindset and social media and so on. And they help each other because they can learn from each other. And um, let's take that reverse mentoring to the next level and use it for startups or hypergrowth startups and corporates. What do you think? Could that work? That big corporates learn from startups as well, how to engage faster, how to tackle challenges, how to establish a new culture maybe, or to yeah, change the culture uh, internally. What do you think? Could that work? Let me say um, that's the way it works. Uh, so um, reverse in both directions, right? So um, the startups could, can learn a lot from, from established companies and established companies on the other side can learn a lot from the startups, right? So um, let me say something uh, which I have in mind right now from the desk of my uh, co-founder of Tino Albrecht. Um, he has um, a picture on, on his desk. Uh, it says something similar, meaning like um, there was a problem and someone said, I can't solve it. And another person steps in, he didn't know anything about it and he just solved it, right? Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is a little bit uh, the kind of the mindset um, of the startup environment. Um, there's a challenge and you simply try it, right? Um, and going back to your questions a little bit, um, yes, and I mean, um, this is also how um, successful uh, venture capitalists work with uh, in, a, in a relationship with um with the startups i mean um what we heard is also in, from our experience um the best investors are these which not only invest venture capital on the one side and they also invest their skills and experience yeah and try to coach them right um, and and that's it. And this is exactly this, this uh, reverse mentoring, right? So um, in, on the one side, um, learning from experienced uh, people, yeah, um, in terms of processes, sometimes how the world runs a little bit, right? On the one side, and um, but startups can also mentor some uh, established companies to really sometimes. Uh, break some rules saying like that right to bring a, a fresh mindset inside because um sometimes you 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 live in in, in your own area right and um, sometimes you forget to really looking outside and getting new inspiration right you're, you're living in your filter bubble more or less yeah you're only Flex. living in yeah. your bubble yeah Exactly, that's it. And I mean, everyone has its own but, uh, bubble, yeah. And in terms of private life, in terms of corporate life, it doesn't matter. And uh, by 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 mixture, everything, yeah. I mean, this is fantastic for everyone. Or we can always learn. Yeah, but but to be honest, and I hope you agree, Jan. I hope you agree. Um, learning is. I think it's we we are now in an era where you have to learn continuously the world is changing so fast and you see that on every second digitalization keynote and so on but um i'm also seeing big corporates um which are trying to establish that car startup culture and that startup mindset and but they are also living in their filter bubble and maybe they are 
whatever marketing driven or so when or technology driven when someone is saying hey we need to be uh or we stay we need to stay on, on on top of everything and let's do something with ai blockchain or let's be sustainable and something like that and um some of them are doing the big mistake that they say okay it's not profitable after 12 months and why are they not learning from from startups because they are also not always profitable in the first 12 months and so on and they are also growing but why do corporate startups doesn't have the long run so this is they are not copying the whole mindset and the the whole approach they just try to be hip hey and fancy and now we look at our new office and we have a a soccer and a playstation and whatever but why aren't they yeah so strict and say okay we need to have a longer Uh, how do we say that in English? We need to have a longer run. It's not just a sprint. We have to uh, be geduldig. What is geduldig in English? <laughs> Very good question, but... Um, I Google it. <laughs> you know okay, what I mean. um, I would say um, this also uh, mainly depends on uh, thinking about... Patient. Sorry, uh, patient. Okay. They have yeah. to be patient. Yeah, <laughs> Patient. Right. So um, this depends always on what you can lose. Or... It's all about that. If so, like a child, so you, you you never walked, you just stand up and try walking. What can you lose? You never walked, right? Um, and as a startup, um, you have nothing, right? You have depth. Yeah, that's it. So what can you lose? Nothing. You can only win, right? And I mean that's natural. Yeah, and I think we need to keep that in mind because it's um, it's responsibility. This goes along with it. And it's good that we have this because if if every corporate would act like a startup purely, that would be on very high risk, honestly speaking, right? Yeah. So we need to really differentiate in, in which directions um, to be like a startup and which in which directions to be like a structured corporate. Yeah. yeah. Because if we think about a very uh, traditional corporate, um, it, it wouldn't be responsible from from the shareholder for the shareholders, the owners, whatever. If I say there's a trend, um, I try to um, to work with that trend. Um, if it works, I don't know. I will try it out. Yeah. But if you have an existing company with existing revenue, you have employees and so on. There's a lot of responsibility, and um, so uh, my personal advice would be that, um, or the, in my opinion, the very best mixture would be that there's uh, for the corporates that there's a mixture of keep the structure because you're responsible for your employees, uh, for your own. Um, but on the other side, um, try to have some separate streams um, and allow them to to go a little bit away, right? Yeah. yeah. That could be a solution. What, what a good closing word, Jan. So um, I try to sum that up. <laughs> so take your responsibility, but be brave to stay relevant at the market. Yeah, it's also... It's especially that what you said. So be responsible. You know that because you have many employees, you have many, or you have a lot of responsibility, uh, responsibility always um, also um, towards your customers, but also be brave and try out something new. And um, because I think we all have to change and we all have to adapt to the, to the new situations which are coming every year and um, coming in a always uh, faster um, speed then. 
Cool. Um, yeah, I'm also looking a little bit on the time. So we are now talking for many, many minutes. And um, just one last thing. Um, you are scouting for startups and hypergrowth startups. But when someone of our listeners wants to reach out to you, um, what's the best way to to get in touch with you or with uh, Tino? Where are you? Do you have a hypergrowth website already? Or is it more or less a personal contact? Where can they reach you? I mean, the best way is, as you said, uh, really get in touch uh, with Tino or me personally, directly. Um, that's the way uh, reach out, out to us on, on LinkedIn. So Jan Gutknecht or Tino Albrecht or directly uh, write us an email. So jan.gutknecht at sap.com. The same for tino.albrecht at sap.com. And we are more than happy to really get in touch with you. Cool. And we also put the email addresses in the LinkedIn profiles under the description of, of this episode. So Jan, thanks a lot. It was very interesting. And um, yeah, we are looking forward which next hypergrowth startups are part or will be part of the SAP family. Thanks a lot for your time and take care.